Hi, everybody. Sean McCracken from Hotel News Now filling in for my boss, Stephanie Ricca, here with co-stars Jan Freitag and STR's Isaac Clazo. And Jan and Isaac, we are, we've officially got summer 2023 in the rearview mirror. How are we feeling heading into the fall and into the fourth quarter of the year? Well, Sean, I'm really feeling good. You know, what we're seeing right now, of course, we're getting weekly data, but September is really shaping up really well. And so, you know, we had a kind of soft uh, summer, which we're going to talk about in terms of demand, a little much softer, not much softer, but softer than what we saw last year. But what we're seeing in September is really strengthening group, just like we expected. We are seeing group business much stronger, even with the religious observances happening in the month. We're still seeing very solid growth. What are you seeing, Jan? Yeah, so maybe I'm not quite as optimistic. We are still, of course, you aren't. <laughs> we are still suggesting a recession, which is supposed to start in the fourth quarter. So technically, you know that um, th- there's probably it's going to be a little bit bumpy. We absolutely expect corporate group, association group, to really come back quite strongly. The August data suggests that we were only 400,000 rooms below August of 2019, and we hope, fingers crossed, that maybe even in October, we will hit the 2019 group room sold number. So that will be a really, really big signal that groups are back. Corporate transient is an interesting question. Return to the office. You know, we've said for the last three Labor Days, after Labor Day, you're coming back. I'm not sure that the Castle data bears that out. I don't, I don't think the castle data bears it out, but I can show you what we're seeing in our data. And I think we are seeing the return of business travel. If you just look at what, how things are normalizing, using that word again, but looking at shoulders, shoulders are coming down. Sundays are looking more normal, but Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays are really popping now. So I think we are seeing business travel. We just We're very scared to say it, but it's there. I think it's starting to materialize. Yeah, and the very, very positive read on what Isaac just said could be that you're saying, hey, if we're not in the office all the time and we're really compressing our prior, call that four or five days travel week into a two or three day work week, uh, travel week, wouldn't that you then have more pricing power on Tuesday and on Wednesday? Question mark. Again, that's a very positive read of right. the data. Yeah, what's interesting is I was looking at the data this week, looking at um, top 25 markets and all other markets, right? And what we're seeing, again, is top 25 continue to really, they're the ones that are bringing the demand into the industry because all other markets are flat, especially if you look at April through August, the growth has been in top 25. And you dial that back a little bit more and look at day of week, what you see is, again, the growth on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, which decreases on the shoulder days of Sunday, increase on Thursday. So it's almost like we we might not even want to talk about shoulder days anymore. We may want to just talk about weekdays and weekends because that's the weekdays is where we're seeing growth in the top 25. And it's not, it can't be leisure anymore, right? Because now it has to be some kind of business or group travel. And for it to be that kind of widespread within the top 25, that leads me to believe it is truly business travel coming back. It's not back to 2019. I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying it's going to come back to 2019 levels this year or even next year. But we are definitely seeing something that's much different from what the castle 
group is showing about people in their office. Yeah, and when you look at the, again, this is year-to-date data, so this is a little bit skewed because Q1 is in there, but Boston, Washington, New York, all are doing tremendously well. But then you're on the other side, Tampa, Miami, New Orleans, you know, those leisure-driven markets that last year saw the bump from leisure, you know, they're probably going to be, it's going to be a little bit more bumpy for them. And, you know, for New Orleans, that one we need to put aside. We had some team members in New Orleans just recently doing a presentation for an ownership group. And what we found and something we we kind of look at markets, but what we have to start looking at is a submarket. What I heard was that the business district was actually doing okay. It's outside the business district of New Orleans that is bringing down the entire market. So we may have to reframe that a little bit. And I don't have the data in front of me, but we can do that next time. But it may not be as bad as we think. It may be a suburban issue, and we'll just have to look into that. I. Tell me more. Speaking speaking (laughs) of not as bad as you think. So just a quick plug for San Francisco. Um, We had a whole slew of articles come out on Hotel News Now. The CoStar National Director team. Including the podcast. Don't forget that. Not just an article, also a podcast. Yes, and a podcast. (laughs) The CoStar National Director team went there in person because we are writing about office, industrial, warehouse, multifamily, and hotel. And we thought, hey, we should actually see this on the ground. So we went, we spent two full days there. The ladies and gentlemen from uh, SF Travel were kind enough to host us at the Fairmont Hotel. The GM of the Fairmont was there. We're talking about the the state of the hotel industry. And clearly not all is well, but things are absolutely better than the doom loop narrative would suggest. So um, just a quick shout out, if you're a meeting planner, look at San Francisco again. And then again, what we heard last week at the lodging conference, again, going back to your earlier comment about um, feeling a little worried, not less optimistic about the fourth quarter. Again, I didn't get that feeling at all from the lodging conference. Again, we, we agree that everyone sees this uh, potential recession and that economists are predicting there'll be a recession. So we'll put that and say, that. okay, we'll call that the truth. But everyone truly believes the industry is going to weather this like never before, that there are other factors in play that will mitigate the effects of the recession. And again, our our proposition of the view I've had is that the traveling public is different from the general public, right? And that, yes, again, some people are going to be impacted by the recession, but we're not expecting, and even the economists at the Lajini conference didn't see widespread layoffs. He doesn't see decreases in employment, those things that would truly hamper the travel industry. And he also showed a slide, like we've been showing in our decks, that personal disposable income is actually expected to rise. So therefore, that's why I am so, you know, going back to your earlier point, I am less um, concerned about the recession. There are other things we should be concerned about, but I'm not sure that it's going to be the recession that derails us at this point. The other piece, and this is not about the performance metrics, but this is on the real estate side. How do we think that the recession is going to continue to play out? And I'm very, very curious if we're seeing anybody willing to step in and say, this is the right time to build or to buy. And if we look at the data that we're going to put out, the third quarter sales data um, preliminary is down 46% from the third quarter last year. And the number of rooms in construction is now for the first time in a long time below 150,000. But that's not recession related per se, right? That's interest rates related. So I know they're kind of related, but that's an interest rate decision that theoretically will bring on the recession, right? That's the whole idea. But yeah, it's a I chicken or the egg situation, yeah. right? Like 
it's pretty closely related. <laughs> I agree. But again, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm still, again, and we're going to keep debating this a lot internally. And I know you and I personally will continue to debate this. But I every time I walk around, I've been traveling, you're traveling. There are just simply no signs of a recession, no palpable, uh, I don't know that's the right time, but no no signs for, that I can see that people are worried. Again, the lodging conference was so optimistic. Maybe that's when we should be afraid, actually, as I'm thinking about that, because <laughs> everyone is optimistic, and it's yeah. not because of Isaac, right? But everyone doesn't know, there's not concern. You don't see people going, you know, top, tapping you in the shoulder going, hey, what do you think? You know, and, and that concern, I'm just not seeing that like we saw in 2008 or other previous recessions where people were really, really, really concerned. Yeah. And speaking of everybody's traveling, shout out to the new National International Airport that just opened its its new uh, departure arrival facility for international travelers. It, it looks absolutely stunning. Um, so, but tell me more about this piece of, if you're saying that the traveling public is not the general public, right. we have looked at the economy data Yep. And we've talked about it right before this podcast. And we talked about it yesterday in an hour-long call with the analysts. There are some signs that are hard to parse. Tell me a little bit more about how you look at that data. Yeah, we've been looking at it. Yes. Well, let's go back. Let's look at the last five months. Since April through August, the U.S. industry demand has been flat to down, right? I mean, we've, that's a that's a fact. And so that got us thinking, and we've been talking about in our presentations as we talk to clients and others, we keep showing that, yes, we know that the industry is down, but we think it's because the industry is normalizing. You've heard that in our previous podcast, right? Wait one well, second. Now we're... One second. I was given marching orders the first time that Isaac says the word normalizing. <laughs> this is what I have to do. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Sad trombone time. So... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we had to use it because this is going to be part of the narrative that we're continuing. But so what I've been doing now lately is digging deeper. And one of the things we found is the decline in the industry is not widespread. And so you hit it on the head. It's really it's one sec segment of the industry that's declining. And that's economy class hotels. And if you want to think about it in chain scales, it's economy, the economy chain scale, right? Just when we say class that we also include independent hotels in that. So I'll be going back and forth for those of you that get a little mixed up between chain scales and class. But what was fascinating to me is the four highest ADR segments, luxury, upper upscale, upscale, and upper midscale are actually growing demand. Say that again, they're growing demand. The only reason the industry's down is because of these uh, it's because of the economy side of the business. When we looked at the economy side of the business, it's widespread. I mean, we broke it down by age. We broke it down by occupancy quartiles from the from 2019, the highest properties to lowest, and how are they doing? We looked at locations. I mean, we've cut it every which way, and it's very widespread. That is concerning because normally you can find a pattern. Right now, I can't find a pattern of what is truly driving that downward. Lots of hypotheses, and we're continuing to look into that. On the flip side, what I thought is fascinating that we're not talking about enough is upscale and upper midscale. The two largest chain scales that we have actually have surpassed 2019 demand and have been surpassing 2019 demand since the beginning of the year. 
That's amazing to think about how big those segments are and that they're actually performing very well. Again, if we start looking, we may need to be more uh, prescriptive when we're talking to the industry. And again, yes, economy hotels are part of the industry. I get that. But again, that's the part that's the weakness right there. And it is the weakness, both the economy chain scale branded as well as economy independent hotels. And we'll continue looking into that. Yeah, two comments on that. One is that in 2010 and 11, we had this idea of a K-shaped recovery, right? The upper end is doing better, but the lower end is not. And I, I wonder if that's sort of the mental model that we should devise on that. And the other piece, it was super interesting for me to hear you say that upscale and upper midscale are doing so well because of the Marriott Investors Day yesterday, they basically said, look, small and medium-sized businesses, they were on CNBC, um, small and medium-sized businesses are well above 2019. I think that plays exactly into in, our data. And going back to the economy, what's interesting, so again, you know, even though I may worry, I may uh, not worry as much about a recession, what I do know, looking at the economy data and then looking at all other chain scales, is the economy data does dip first and also sees um, sees a larger decline in a recessionary period. And so it is really interesting to so you know right now they're dipping and you're going, is this is this the is this the sign? Right? I'm looking right. for the sign. Is this a sign? <laughs> but 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 hold on, Jan, don't get too excited yet. They're actually dipping less now than they were two months ago. In other words, if you look at the data, it's coming back up. And if you looked at the long-term view of economy segment, there have been periods in our industry's history where they dip and go negative when the rest of the industry does not. So could this be just a cyclical thing with economy hotels? Most definitely. Again, could it be that again we're in a we have this this economy with strong inflation, we've seen growth rates in economy hotels. Did we potentially price some people out of it? Maybe. Or they just can't afford to travel. Forget the pricing of the hotel. They right. just don't have the money. Exactly. I mean, there's so many factors that we're still trying to think about. But what we do know is, yes, they are going down. But again, the good news, if you want to put it good news, is they were less down in August than they were less than they were in June. So you're starting to see a little bit of a of a pick up again. So I think that's worth noting. Let me jump in with a question for you guys. What I want you guys to tell me more about, and you left a little breadcrumb trails for this question earlier. Um, so if shoulder nights are are worse, like significantly worse, does that Not worse, mean... they're, they're returning to normal again. Okay. You got to think about it. They're, they've they're lost demand. But, but yes, but they're they're coming off a 22 and 21 that were abnormal. Can we use that word? Well, so that's the question <laughs> that I want to ask is, is leisure travel no longer going to be as much of a thing? And if so, what does that say about the health See, of the consumer? That's no, I don't think it says anything about the health of the consumer. I just think that people are going back to normal normal patterns. You know, this whole idea that people are going to continue to, you know, stay on Sundays. And I, I think we're seeing the change. We've seen major companies say you have to be in the office three, four days a week, which means that you can't stay at the beach until Monday and drive back. Mm -hmm. I think it's just I really think it's just things coming back to normal. You know, I'm the guy. I'm the person that says never say never, and you know that's that's true. And everyone, oh, no, no one's ever going to travel for business travel. No one's ever going to do this. I'm going, yeah, things kind of could just get back to normal. And also, more schools are in session now. And I mean, schools are, you know, that's a big thing now. You can't, there, a lot less schools are doing the virtual 
education piece. And I think that's also a piece of the Sunday issue. The, the one thing I do wonder about, though, is I agree with you that people are in the office more. And I agree with you that people are in the office on Mondays more. But I am not sure that we're ever going to go back to the office on Fridays yeah. the way we have. Hold on. And therefore... Wouldn't that play a little bit, Sean, into your question of this, hey, can we maybe leave on a Thursday night and go somewhere Mm -hmm. on a a Friday and work for half a day? You know, so I I, I do give you that the Sunday night was um, was a, a blip and certainly we measured it. But I think that's going back to where it used to be. All right, but, I'll give you that. But 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 Fridays, I'm I'm I am wondering about. No, and I I I can agree with that. I can't disagree with that. I think yeah, I think we're all. I am yeah. In that case, I would agree with you that yeah, most of us will never work a full Friday ever again. Right. Well, let's no, be very clear because home, our bosses Isaac, are listening. To be careful. We work all day. <laughs> we on work Friday. all the time. He means in the office, <laughs> yes. ladies and gentlemen. Yes. And I work 24 7. I don't <laughs> even get Fridays <laughs> off. And so, and so it doesn't matter to me. That, it's, I'm think, I'm talking about you, Sean, and, and yeah. Hey, and you, don't Yon. get me in trouble. I work so hard every single Friday. Anyone who's listening who might I'll be, be my tomorrow. boss or don't be worry. related to my boss, I work very hard on Fridays. <laughs> I know. I'm just. I know. We. I agree. Uh, I think the other thing, just we didn't talk about this, but we, you know, talking about August and looking at the August uh, performance, it's in August was again down in demand versus um, 2022. But what was interesting is it was only down a thousand rooms a day, mm-hmm. and that one you can wrap your head about around and go, you know, a thousand rooms a day could actually explain the overseas piece of this. We've been talking about that. That people were traveling overseas. A thousand rooms a day is not a lot in an industry as big as ours and the nation as big as ours. So it is interesting to start seeing. We are, it looks like we're turning the curve. I do think September will be positive, slightly up. We're not going to see the growth rates we saw in 22. We're not going to see demand up by three or four percent in September. But I actually do think we're going to see September up, not negative, but up. And right now it's too, I didn't bring any numbers. I know you wanted to see where we were as of the 23rd of September year to date. The issue is it's not comparable because 23 includes Rosh Hashanah, but 22 does not because it hadn't happened by the 23rd of September. So next week we should have a good handle of where we are month to date if indeed we're going to see uh, a rise in demand. Jan, and the other your, piece. Let's get your take on that and then jump to our, our final big question, okay? Yeah, just real quick, we said it last uh, time, and I think we said it the time before, I'm going to probably say it next time. The good news that the industry, what was the industry has going for it, is that the supply growth is really not a big right. deal. So we only right. have to come up with roughly, you know, half a percentage point, you know, 0.5% of demand growth to have flat occupancy, because supply is only up 0.5% in August. That's really right. not that much. Right, I 100% agree with you. And that is a savings, saving grace, right? For the industry at this time that indeed that supply is slowing but of course there's a portion of our industry that relies on supply growth so it's a <laughs> it's a you know it's a plus and a minus depending on your point of view as an operator you don't want supply but as a franchisor you want supply Absolutely. so right, it's guys. just a plus so and minus here's the philosophical question we have to we have to wrangle today so my colleague terence baker recently wrote a story about generative ai in the hotel industry and how that impacts revenue management. The, que- the core question of it is, how does the supplement replace a traditional revenue manager? And obviously, automation is not new. 
especially in revenue management. But I'm wondering from you guys, short-term, long-term, just philosophically, what do you think the, the impact will be from AI in revenue management? Is it Are people going to be replaced by the machines fully, or is this just a kind of aid to move from day-to-day um, -day ops to strategy? I think it's the latter. I think it's the move the strategy. You still need individuals who understand the marketplace. The, I mean, not every, everything cannot be fed into AI. Remember, it still takes someone to feed the machine, right? The machine can learn patterns, no doubt. That's what it's good at. It Once it knows what to look for, it will learn the patterns. But if it doesn't know to look for it, it won't know, right? So at this point in time, maybe in the future, that they may have that, but I think it just it's more of a supplement. I think it makes revenue management much stronger because it then it allows the revenue manager not to do the mundane, the things that machines can do much faster, quicker, all that, but really focus on that long-term strategy and those pieces where the machine does not have the insight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love this concept of a co-pilot. This idea yeah. that you don't let AI take over, but that you work side by side right. with a very, very powerful assistant and say, hey, here's all the data, flag for me the outliers, flag for me the trends, tell me how what I should dig into more. And then the human can do that. So I've 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 you started using this term of, of co-pilot because I think it gives you a sense of working next to, not being not not being substituted by right. it. I agree. Am I your co-pilot? <laughs> no, not yet. But I could be. I may be replaced. But I wonder, from your guys' perspective, as two guys who work for you know a company or companies that that have huge amounts of data, how comfortable are you with the idea of not just the traditional revenue management automation systems, but feeding in you know huge troves of of company propri proprietary data into these these more sophisticated and in a lot of ways, less predictable AI models. I don't know if I'm any more concerned than I am today, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's, just, it's more data. That's, yeah, Sean, I don't know. That was a, I have to think about that one. I, I don't know if I'm concerned, that, that concerned, right? I don't think I am. I think, mm -hmm. again, it can, a machine, again, it can read a pattern faster than I'll ever be able to see a pattern, right? Mm -hmm. But again, it needs to know what it's looking for. I was reading, there was something, uh, watched the new show the other day and the kids remember all this has to be fed. It's not like yeah. it's learning on its own, right? It has to be fed. And then once it's fed that there's, there is some learning that happens thereafter, but it has to be fed at some point. Mm -hmm. And again, that's where uh, this data is just going to help us find patterns. I think for, as a co-pilot, I love that. That's a great idea. Jan. It'll find a pattern that a human probably could, would find, but it just take time. Mm -hmm. I also think that when you're talking about AI and you're talking about BARD or ChatGBT, you know, those are systems that are open to everybody. Yeah. And I think for co should Coaster data live in BARD and ChatGPT? And the answer is clearly no. Yeah. You know, and I think there are companies that provide proprietary large language models that if you are married or Hilton or Hyatt or Coaster or STR, right. you buy the system, you feed it, it's protected, and then right. you use that to come up with predictions or algorithms or look for, you know, what's going on in the economy sector and all those things. So I would not suggest that we're going to have one big cloud and all the data feeds into it. No, 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 no. I want that to be protected and I want my data to only have to, I want my analysts to have access to my data. But then I think we can do some really, really, really interesting things. I don't think we're there today or tomorrow, but I know that in the future, there'll be just many more 
large language models mm -hmm. that have very specific use cases. I think for some law firms, they're doing it already. They're producing so much content and so much paper, you know, and you you all heard about, you know, the AI where the lawyer went to ChatGPT and said, hey, give me these cases. Yeah. And this term hallucination came up, right, where ChatGPT is made up stuff. Well, that clearly shouldn't happen. But if you have your own large language model, then you can say, hey, give me the 12 cases that, that whatever, help my case, you know, and then the, the program gives it back to you. It'll be an incredible research tool. I mean, again, again, because you could just ask for, I'm looking for this keyword, look at all the cases we've ever tried with this keyword yeah. and things of that or whatever, or, or this type of, that's something that takes hours to do today. Just in, in preparation for this, I said, hey, do you have access to the latest quarterly results? Uh, Bart said, yes. I said, okay. Tell me how, based on the quarterly third quarter results, how the public traded C corps are seeing the future. Okay, now tell me how the REITs are seeing the future. Okay, now juxtapose the C corps and the REITs. And the outcome, I mean, what, what it produced was coherent and it, it made sense to me. Like, was it an A plus? No, but it was certainly something that you can use then to start your own research. So Jan, when right. when CoStar replaces its analysts with AI models, I'm going to I'm going to stump for them to name them Yawn AI Tog. You see, can I just say that's <laughs> where I think Taylor Swift and I are the same? <laughs> In one because, of the many ways. <laughs> because Taylor Swift has realized that streaming music doesn't make her money. She has to be there in person. Mm -hmm. I have no doubt that my content output will eventually be supplemented by AI. But me in person? Mm -hmm. Can hopefully never be substituted. It can never be substituted. Yeah, there's no the way. I wouldn't star. want to be talking to a young computer <laughs> sitting here. So, <laughs> all right. Well, any final words this week? No, I think again. I think watch the group demand as you're uh, this this month, uh, September and October. I think that's going to be a good sign of business travel and what and the appetite for groups and meetings. Again, everything I'm hearing from the group side is that next year the books are pretty tight and pretty good. So I think that's gonna be it. Leisure is the wild card. If this recession is indeed in the making, then we will see it on the leisure side. But again, we my hypothesis is we won't because the people who travel for leisure are gonna be insulated because they're gonna have jobs and they're gonna have real disposable income to spend on travel. And let's have a look at rumor growth on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday. If we have more groups layered in on more corporate trends in demand, will they actually pricing power above CPI? Question mark. All right. Well, thanks so much, guys. It's been great. Great. Thanks. thanks. Want more of the latest news and insights from across the global hotel industry? Head to hotelnewsnow.com for up-to-the-minute breaking news and subscribe to the new Hotel News Now podcast to hear directly from industry leaders. Available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find podcasts.